And my healing process took a while, really. And I would say it's still healing in some ways. My husband got a vision for a film. I guess it was about three or four, maybe five months after miscarriage. He walked up to me one day and was like, yeah, I think we should tell our story yeah. because, I, I mean, this story is not just exclusive to us. This affects, yeah. um, it affects one out of every four pregnancies, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of married couples that go through this. Yeah. And I mean, we found out, you know, over time how many, because we've had so many people come up to us like, hey, we experienced the same thing. Yes, this is happening. This is, this happened to us. I'm always excited to do this show, Mid-South Viewpoint, but today especially excited to welcome to the studio the Harrisons. We've got yes. Ariel and Justin. We've been friends for a long time. I've actually known Ariel longer, right, Ariel? Yes, sir. We first met, I was trying to remember, Faith Baptist Church yeah. East Winchester and Mendenhall, and we met quite a few years ago. It was an incredible experience because I got connected with this body of believers, and the thing that really impressed me was the hunger for God's Word. And for many years, your dad, was he the founding pastor of that church? Yes, he was. I don't know the year. It was actually before I was born. So I think it might have been 1990 that he founded it. And he um, was a pastor there for about 20 years. And he passed away. And when you came was kind of the season when there was a seminary student. Kuna Griggs was teaching. (laughs) Absolutely. What a gifted man of God and the Word of God. But I was thankful to have the privilege to meet your dad. I got to come to your home for a fellowship. Mm -hmm. Mm. This was right at the end of your dad's life, Mm -hmm. Ariel. I still, in my mind right now, remember joy in his life. I'm not saying he didn't have moments, because when you're sick as he had been, Mm -hmm. but there was this abiding joy. Did he transfer that into your life? Yeah, definitely joy, definitely wisdom, definitely love for God's Word. And a passion to do the will of God because, you know, he was very faithful in doing the will of God the entire time. So it was an interesting season. It was definitely a challenging season, but it's pretty cool to know that he he most likely heard well done from the Lord when he got there. Good, well done, because he was very faithful, Yes, a good and faithful servant. Those are the words we're all wanting to hear. Those who really are excited to meet Christ face to face, Mm -hmm. those are the words we all want to hear. Yes. Hey, this is exciting to talk about how God has brought you two together. I have met Justin. We haven't had a lot of time together. It's been a couple of years, I think, since we've actually seen each other face to face. God brought you this man. How did you meet Ariel, Justin? <laughs> actually didn't meet her in Memphis. I met her in Orlando, Florida. I call Orlando my second home because I used to go on vacation there every summer with my family. And then in college, um, I would spend my summers there with a uh, campus ministry. And we would do, like, training and also work there in Disney and SeaWorld. And she was a part of the same campus ministry. And that's where we met. But we were just cordial. We were just friends at the time. Yeah. Nowhere near on the radar <laughs> at that time. So when you first saw him, Ariel, what was your thoughts? <laughs> I had been a believer since I was a child and, you know, my dad was a pastor and everything. She loved saying this. And um, he was, he had just come to Christ like maybe a month or so before. So I kind of looked at him like, oh, he's so new in Christ. Like it didn't even connect or click that, right. that we would be together. Right. What was amazing was his growth process in the Lord and maturity process was really, really, what's that word? 
expedited. Expedited. I, <laughs> I like that word. Expedited. Yeah, That's a good word. Yes. <laughs> God's given you in the short time you've been married, which is about six years now, I believe, yes, right? Yes, sir. He's given you this ministry together called Young, Black, and Married Podcast. <laughs> and we want to dive into this and, and talk about the podcast and how it's being used. You've got blogs, Facebook, YouTube, using all the social media tools to get the message out. I want to talk about you guys for a second. What are some ways that together in, in these short six years that you've been married, do you try to help ensure that you are in a growing marriage? That's a really good question. That is. Because honestly, marriage is work and you always have to be putting work in to grow it and mature it. So um, I know definitely in the beginning of our marriage, before we even got married, we were in a marriage counseling intensive that was like six weeks. And then once we got married, we have been, we haven't been ones to shy away from counseling and accountability. We kind of rushed to it when the need arose because we really had in our mind that if we can build a good foundation early, we'll be in a much better place. So we did a lot of work in the beginning with accountability from other more mature couples, um, accountability from we had a counselor we went to on occasion and really working together to create a good foundation that we could build on. Yeah. That makes sense. And that foundation, I've learned that to be married 36 years, 30 more years than you guys have, is a... Con- you know a little bit. It's, you know, it's a continual thing, Absolutely. you know? It's not like you get it set and then you go. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you're constantly building. You never arrive. Justin, I love that. You never arrive. Right. And matter yeah. of fact, further you get away from the I do vows, mm. you, sometimes you say, wow, where have we gone? Where has right. life gone, you know? Right. So what have been some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome with efforts to understand and communicate each other's needs more clearly, do you think? Obstacles, really just understanding, especially in the beginning, those first couple years, just really understanding each other's communication style, love language, you know. The background of like how you, how you grew up is, is just it's just different. My my family growing up, we were very kind of touchy and like you know very lovey dovey, and you know we can just be in a room together and just be content with that. Well, that's not like that's not necessarily as your spouse has grown up on as well. So things like that and just 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 growing in overall communication. Definitely communication um, because. I think sometimes we can come into marriage and assume that they are the same as we are. They're going to communicate like we are. And to really accept that, you know, I have to get his input on how he receives communication and be able to adjust. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that word adjust is something that you got to constantly be yes. doing. The relationship is really fluid, you know. Yeah. It needs to be on both parts yes. in trying to build better understanding, better yeah. communication, you know, skills. Okay, what do you guys like best about each other? I love that my husband is, he's a doer. He takes risks. He is a visionary. He is very compassionate, and he's very mature mentally and spiritually. And he's super loving, is one thing to, you know, enter a relationship and say, oh, I love this man, blah, blah, blah. But when your marriage goes through difficult seasons yeah. and when you actually hit some really rocky roads, you really get to see the character of your spouse. And one point we went through some rocky things. And during that time, I was just processing with the Lord. And I was like, wow, my husband literally, his character is set because you can see character when fire gets turned up. It just really made me 
respect and love him on a deeper level. Stop a second if we could, because what you're seeing there is so dynamic. And I think a lot of marriages could be possibly saved that mm-hmm. are already gone through divorce court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because absolutely. after the bliss of the honeymoon and the physical attraction starts maybe kind of weighing a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it never dies. But, I mean, you yeah, know, right. things start changing. You get busy with life. Right. And then something happens, like you said, that challenges that character. Maybe in this case, you, you saw some strong character strengths. Yeah. But if you had seen some character flaws, yeah. mm-hmm. oftentimes we want to go, ah, what have I done? Who have I married? Right. You know, yeah. that's but not, that's not the only focus. It's not, is it, Justin? Yeah. Okay, so turning the card here. Ooh, let me get my notebook. <laughs> no, I love my wife so much. She's she's just flat out amazing. She's beautiful. She's um, she's very kind to me. She um, has allowed me to grow. And she hasn't held things over my head for these, you know, these six years. That has been huge for me. I know I have a, a, a gift of discerning people and things. In the beginning, you know, when I when I saw that she was my wife, and I saw her potential of the woman that she was going to grow to be and what God had for her and who she is, I love that because I, I I could I could see it in the future. I could see this six years down the line, Ariel, and I'm excited for the the forty fifty years down the line, Ariel. She's she's great. She's she holds me down. Something you said I thought was so key, Ariel. That Justin said she allowed me to grow. Yes, and part of that was a sense of offering forgiveness and allowing mistakes to happen and still loving right yeah absolutely because they're gonna happen it's gonna happen we're human you know um the roles are set in the bible of you know god christ the husband the wife um and and those roles are are set but in those roles it doesn't mean that he is going to be without fault like you're not without fault so you have to have grace for growth there has to be grace there Mm-hmm. On both sides. How important is it for you both to be in tune with your walk with Christ? You've already mentioned that you're believers. You gave story that Justin got a strong faith yeah. walking with Christ. You grew up in a church. Yeah. Father was a pastor. In your own relationship with Christ, how do you see the positive impact on your relationship together that's important for you both individually to mm-hmm. be in tune with Christ? I love that. Mm. It's so important. Out of that relationship with Christ, really flows the rest um, out of that identity in Christ, that um, fellowship and communion and um, being in his word and letting the word renew your mind. Um, It's so important. It's so important because oftentimes we can be wounded and broken, stuck by things that, you know, walking hand in hand with Christ, he will bring the healing. He'll bring the a revelation of what's really going on, and then you have a, a greater ability to interact and to exist with your spouse on a deeper level, on a more intentional level. Yeah. On yeah. a, you really get that dawa, that that oneness that the Bible talks about, um, which is so vital. So, for me, it's everything. It's it's super important. Yeah, I like what you said about deeper. There's a a spiritual union, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. That is so much deeper than just the physical union. Yeah. How you communicate. And it just is so beautiful. Justin, you want to comment on that? How important it is for you to be in tune with Christ? It's super important. Um, I, I am responsible for for this, this woman, my family, my household, um, the needs, protection, all that. So, and um, I get that initial charge from from god from 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 the word and um it's just essential because it's what keeps me me grounded it's what keeps me grounded it keeps me 
withstood in ups and downs and trials. Yeah. And when the when the boat is is rocky, it's like, what do I go to? What do I reference in, yeah. in this time? So it's essential. And the boat gets rocky. Yes, <laughs> it can get rocky. Yeah. Uh, Together, both have a passion for helping build other marriages. Yes. As I mentioned, you created this ministry, Young, Black, and Married, this podcast you have, this ministry you have together. How did this idea even get into motion? So I started this four years ago, four or five years ago. 2017. 2017, yeah, with a couple other other married young men, young black and married young men like me. Because um, I was looking around, I didn't really see anything for um, people Speaking from the point of being young, black, and married, and speaking to people who seek it or who may be interested in being young, black, and married. And I just wanted to use that and have a platform like yourself and um, speak to how we view things and what we're experiencing and why we think it's important to be married and what does marriage do in the community? What does it do in the world? Yeah. So um, fast forward today, I'm doing it with my wife. <laughs> And it's amazing. And you're still getting along, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> are there distinct issues that are facing young black married couples that are unique from other young married couples? I would definitely say so a lot of times. Sometimes in, in um, this particular community, you don't have as many marriage models as other communities might have where, you know, mom and dad were married, uncle was married, grandma, and you see that sometimes it's missing. I know a lot of um, young African-Americans right now who don't, they're like, I don't know anyone that was married successfully. So, you know, for me growing up, um, I saw a lot of people in, like, my church, for example. I saw a lot of strong marriages, and it was when I got to college that I realized that in some in some cases, that's really the minority, and a lot of people don't have those faith models and marriage models. Right. And even having that enables you a certain level of success because when you've seen something be done successfully you kind of can you know you built the faith for it you understand Mm it um you can even have that wise counsel so that for sure is one yeah just seeing it just experiencing marriage and like godly marriage i mean because not just the married folks but like young black people just in general i think the statistic now is like 65 to 70 percent of um, children born are born, you know, unwedded and single moms, and that's that's just in, in the that's in the African American community, and that's that's a real pandemic that in itself. Um, because um, I always say, and I believe that, I mean, outside of your relationship with Christ, making Him known and advancing His kingdom, I think marriages is the second most important thing on earth because it it is so essential for. Everything we do on Earth is it's such a domino effect of everything, of life. And it really is, mm-hmm. as you look at it, the picture of the bride of Christ right. as we are his. Right. It demonstrates that upon Earth right. with all the attacks that try to destroy and defeat right. you know, the home and marriage. Yes. No so, wonder we so look attacked. at our culture today and mm-hmm. see where we are in yeah. so many yeah. ways. You know. Right. So how do you counsel other young black married couples that are maybe going through a difficult time, how do you encourage them to engage their marriage covenant with one another? 
oftentimes in the word, you know, that's kind of the basis for everything um, because the word really does have the blueprint for the successful marriage, like you were saying with Christ in the church, and it's it's been it's been written. So a lot of things, you know, you don't <laughs> reinvent the wheel, but definitely um, kind of starting them off with, hey, where are you with God? Like, where where is this? Where is this relationship? Um, because from that relationship with God, you get the orders on what your assignment is in the marriage. A lot of it has to do with communication. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with um, forgiveness. A lot of it has to do with um, emotional trauma from the past that you've just brought over with you. Um, and so that healing and that that piece is really vital um, for marriages to really, you know, say some things you're dealing with with your spouse and some things you're dealing with because you didn't have a good relationship with your dad and you just brought that over, right. you know. Carrying that excess baggage yeah. into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know that we're living in a different time with this COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic and how it's impacted so many and it's changed the way we meet together as church. Yeah. But how important is the church in the lives of young married couples? Oh, we're having to do things different now, I know, right now. And hopefully we can get back to some, as we're accustomed to meeting and gathering. But how important is it? Yeah, don't forsake the assembly of meeting with others. It is essential. I mean, of course, you know, you want to be mindful of COVID and everything else. But it, it is just essential just to be within the body of Christ and just being being in communication um, because that was a point in in our marriage in the beginning where we were we were a little rocky and what what really was a turning point is when we got with um, our marriage group I think we talked about that earlier because that that helped to get us back on track you know really expose like okay we're not alone in this okay we need to get closer to God in this okay so just really self-evaluate and being in community is very, very, very important. Yeah, it is. It's really, it's really important. And it's also like another level of protection and stability when you do have a church home. Mm-hmm. Um, another level of accountability. You can go to your pastor, the teacher, an older, you know, an elder and say, hey, this is what's going on. And there's so many resources within a church, too, yeah. that you can take advantage of as a, as a married person. I like what you said. I, I think... The accountability is an important thing, and I think sometimes when we start dealing with the turmoil in a relationship or mm-hmm. things start going sour or, or we struggle with maybe communicating, then we just kind of close up, and mm-hmm. we don't want anybody to know, especially right. in church. Yeah. Right. Because You'd be surprised how many other people have gone through the same thing. Right. Or it's yeah. very similar. I know, right? <laughs> what about mentoring relationships with older, mature couples mm-hmm. who've demonstrated spirit-filled walk with Christ in their own homes. Uh, Is it important for younger couples to seek out those type of relationships? Yes. Um, I I feel like, yeah, I have a mentor in all aspects, really, of of life, of, you know, your dreams and aspirations and of absolutely, essentially, spiritually have some, an older couple that, you know, that you can pull from, that you can, you know, lean into for wisdom and, and experiences. It's very key. Mm-hmm. It's very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we talk about the ministry that God's given you, one of the other things that I'm excited about is how together you have written and directed films. Uh, your latest short film was selected for the Indie Memphis Film Festival and won the Audience Choice Award. Yes. The movie called The Little Death. Yeah. This film is about infertility mm-hmm. and miscarriage. Mm-hmm something that you've both have experienced. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so this was one of the rocky roads that we went through in our marriage, which really was a test. Um, It was a challenge for us and a test for us. And also um, one of these things that was really difficult for me personally, and I know also for my husband, because for me growing up, my top priority was like, man, I'm going to be a mom, I'm going to be a wife. And so... Uh, when we got married, you know, and we said, okay, we're going to we're going to start trying for kids at about year two or so. And when that process took a long time, it really had me really look deeper and really see Christ for strength, for counselor, for healer, for protector. Yeah. And um, and we went through um, a miscarriage during that time. And after two years of trying, we we had a miscarriage and that rocked my boat, that rocked my world. And I kind of went on a bit of a spiral in a sense of like it kind of rocked my boat and my world with Christ because I was thinking in my brain, I was like, well, the difficult part or the trying of my faith was trying to get pregnant. And I never even considered that once I was that I would lose a baby. So when that happened, I really kind of spiraled so it was a process of healing and really connecting with God and really understanding his truth and for me it was understanding that in the beginning he said be fruitful and multiply and that was his original intent and that sin came and brought about all these negative side effects Um, it's a result of sin and so in my healing process took a while really and I would say it's still healing in some ways my husband got a vision for a film I guess it was about three or four, maybe five months after miscarriage, he walked up to me one day and was like... Yeah, I think we should tell our story because, I I mean, this story is not just exclusive to us. This affects, um, it affects one out of every four pregnancies, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of married couples that go through this. And, I mean, we found out, you know, over time how many, because we've had so many people come up to us like, hey, we experienced the same thing. Yes, this is happening. This is, this happened to us. I'll be like, wow. So it happens to a lot of people. And um, I just really felt that... um, it was a story that really needed to be told, you know. Did the emotional pain mm. that you both were experiencing, did it cause you to push away from each other or draw closer together? Because mm. sometimes when you're both going through the pain at the same time, yeah. were you able to comfort or did you have to find outside resources mm. to help lean on a little bit? You know, when that initially happened, um, we were both rocked. I mean, it really took us out for about a year. Um I was really rocked, and that was one of my greatest failures as a husband because mm-hmm. I didn't communicate well with my wife at all during that time. Mm-hmm. I didn't really check on her like I should have, and I didn't really, you know, invest in her with the initiative that she needed and, you know, that she would want. Yeah. So that was tough. That was a, that was a real learning curve, and I was also processing things for myself. So. Right. Yeah. I remember we went to a counselor at, at this point this was about like two years into our marriage um and i remember the counselor was like women and men are different and we handle things differently and for me not to expect my husband to grieve the same way i grieve and i I, and i've since heard that this is something that happens often where um the wife will well if i'm taking this super emotional and then you're not then you're not here with me, but the counselor said something so amazing. He was like, I speak French. He was like, Ariel, you speak French. Justin doesn't. Don't expect him to speak French. But then he told Justin, you need to learn French. So it's kind of like 
having that grace, like he's not who you are. He's not going to handle things the way you do. It's communication. Yeah, that communication. And that really helped me kind of release him to let him grieve how he needed to grieve and let me grieve how I needed to grieve. And during that time was actually, man, he did great. I, I know he was saying he had a, you know, he could improve a lot, but he did really great. I was just, I was kind of amazed by, by him during that period. Cause I was like, how is it? How? <laughs> but he was, yeah, he was very attentive, very just there. He didn't have the words to say, but he was there. If that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. Yeah. I'm glad you explained that because I think oftentimes what you said, if one is going through the grief may be more evident or outward that mm-hmm. you're seeing mm-hmm. that emotion and the other person's not yeah. showing the same, you think, well, maybe they're not. Is, they don't care. They don't care, but that's yeah. not true. And yeah. that's, I'm glad you, you, you clarified that and, and, and start to understand that. I mm-hmm. think that's a really good point. I think right now, guys, we're at a place we're going to have to close the program. Mm-hmm. But I've got more I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. I don't know what your schedule is, but if you're available, could you hang around and do a part two with us? Yeah, we're, we're, awesome. we're here for you. <laughs> I appreciate it because I think we need to talk more about young couples, mm-hmm. helping them have healthy relationships, marriages. Well, friends, we have been visiting with Justin and Ariel Harrison for this half hour on Mid-South Viewpoint. This has been great. I thoroughly enjoyed hearing their story. I hope that you've been encouraged. And if folks want to know more about the podcast, how can they get details about the podcast? Um, details, you can... Go to our Facebook, our Instagram, and we are on Twitter as well. You can just type in Young, Black, and Married or YBM901, if you're from Memphis, 901, if you're not from Memphis. <laughs> and our new website. Yeah, it's youngblackandmarried.org. And on the website, there's a link to the podcast, the blog, and everything that we do. It's all right there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or if you want to send us an email, you can just um, email us at ybm901 at gmail.com. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Harrison's thanks so much. Thank you. Thank well, you. friends, that is all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. We're going to pick it up next time and continue the conversation with Justin Ariel. Hope you'll join us. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Today's Mid-South Viewpoint is brought to you by Navage. Just think about all the nasty stuff we breathe in every day. You know, the dust, allergens, bacteria, pollen, pollution. You know the things in Memphis here. What are we breathing? Well, if you wash your hands and brush your teeth every day, then why aren't you cleaning your nose to clean out all that junk that's trapped up in there? Let me tell you about this product. If you suffer from allergies, sinus infections, or are worried about what you're breathing in, it's called Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. What's Navage? Well, it's the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. People that have suffered from lifelong allergies call Navage a complete game changer. They are breathing more clearly, sleeping better, snoring less and feeling a whole lot better. In fact, 90% of people who use Navage report feeling healthier. Now with cold and flu season, why not make Navage part of your daily health routine? Experience what it's like to truly breathe better, sleep deeper, and feel healthier. Go ahead and visit Navage.com. That's Navage.com. Or you can find Navage at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath & Beyond, and Target. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Yeah.